Welcome to the show. This is Paul George in studio. Great to be with you guys today. I got uh, Casey sitting next to me, the producer. How are you doing today, Casey? Good, good. How are you, Paul George? Great, man. It's been an interesting week and a half, almost two weeks here uh, in Louisiana. Obviously, if you haven't heard, uh, I know you have, Casey, because you live here, but uh, the people around the, the earth have not heard. We've had massive flooding down here, and uh, it's kind of been just really odd and weird. Uh, yeah, I think most people weeks. are aware at this point that Louisiana is currently in an Atlantean state. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, I was uh, saw this video on the internet. I, I know I just switched gears real quick, but uh, it uh, it made me laugh. There's this guy who walks up to this cop, and he he's got a vi- his video phone on, and he's filming the cop, and then he looks down at his shoes, and then he just screams. Uh, the statement what are those so you want to play that for us officer i got one question for you what are those <laughs> seriously like he he just walks up to the cop and then and goes down to his shoes now he's got these these cop shoes on these cop boots on you know um which i don't have any any problem with the shoes i don't personally wear them <laughs> cops do uh, but anyway, who does that? Like, who just walks up to somebody and just says, you know, like, what are those? Like, what are you wearing? You know, I have an answer for that question. Though. The the internet does that. Right. The the internet is the driving force behind that. And as the resident person in the studio under forty, why did it take you so long to see this video? Uh, th- th- that's a good question. I, <laughs> I, I've seen it before. It just came back to okay, mind. Okay, Casey. So <laughs> you don't have to remind everyone of my age. <laughs> but thanks. Uh, but anyway, the, the reason I thought about this video is because I've had friends across the country call me, check in about the flood, mm-hmm. okay? And literally, I, I know people have good intentions, but there's certain things you don't say at certain times or maybe even never. Ever. <laughs> okay, so if your wife walks out in an outfit, you don't say, what are you wearing? Or why are you wearing that? You just never say that. Because it never goes well. Uh, it's never the right thing to say. So it's just not something that should even be in your vocabulary, right? And so people call me and with good intentions, and they'll say really silly things. Like, uh, why do you live there? Out of all the places in this beautiful country that you could choose to reside, Paul George, why Louisiana? <laughs> why do you live there? And then they'll say, why don't you move somewhere else? Just, just assuming, right? Or... Uh, hey, why don't you build an ark and live on an ark? These are actual things that people told me within the last week. So if if you haven't heard, I'm sure you have on the news and everything is literally one of the largest natural disasters in the state of Louisiana. I was around during Katrina, hurricane Katrina. We did disaster relief for months and months and months. I mean, it was horrific. And a lot of, uh, a lot of lives were lost during Katrina and there was a lot of flooding with this tragedy. There was a lot more flooding you know, expanded the territory of the flooding you know, in a lot of South Louisiana, uh, hundreds of thousands of homes mm-hmm. were flooded. So it was a big deal. Uh, but this isn't the only place that has natural disasters. I mean, last year uh, in South Carolina, there was a huge flood that flooded the whole capital city there. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. And uh, people from Louisiana donated money and things to them. And, and then this year they did the same thing. Um, there's Nashville. earthquakes, there's tornadoes, there's Nashville. They're all over the place. I mean, you can't control natural disasters they're horrible uh we need prayers uh and support uh, for what's going on here but it's not the you know it's not like we live in this area that just just attracts things like that 
Katrina was 10 years ago, and this flood impacted places that never flooded in history. In history. And New Orleans was pretty much untouched, so it's completely different. Yeah. It's completely different disaster. Yeah, so anyway, there's a lot of work going on. Uh, last week I worked in people's homes that were flooded. Um, you know, our house, my, my house personally didn't get affected, but our neighborhood did, and I uh, was helping people last week. But recoveries like this, I think the one thing that I remember most about Hurricane Katrina and all the relief efforts is it's sort of like a sprint. People want to help immediately, which is necessary and good. And I think people who, who, who sort of miss that opportunity miss it, and, and it's a good opportunity. Uh, but it's really a marathon uh, of an approach. It's going to be six months to a year of cleanup. You, you go on the side of the roads in these neighborhoods, there's, there's supplies and sheetrock and carpet and flooring just piled up in, in piles. People have to let their houses dry out and before they can mm-hmm. start the construction and rebuilding. So people have to find places to live. It really is a mess. And so we can certainly use the prayers during this marathon, uh, you know, to, to really to help continue to support the people who are out there. Yeah, just to rebuild and to get back up and again, but no better place to do it. What are those, man? What are those? Yeah, you should just go home and just <laughs> ask your wife, what are those? Good luck with that. So anyway, we got a great show today. I uh, got a, a wonderful guest that's coming up. He is an expert uh, in a lot of areas, including sexuality. So we're going to have some interesting conversations today on sex, marriage, and even how to talk to your kids about it. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. It's Paul George in studio, producer Casey Trahan next to me. Um, if you don't know how to say Trahan, don't worry about it. We'll just call you Casey. We'll leave your last name out just of it. Just please don't call me Trahan. No, no Trahan. It's Trahan, which is French. Is it French for anything specific? Smith. Is it really? No. I'm I didn't gonna... think so, but that was a good comeback. Anyway, great to be with you guys today. Got an interesting and very special guest, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, an expert in all things... Um, well, we'll just let him talk on what he's an expert on. Mr. Brian Butler, how you doing, Brian? Doing great, Paul. Great to be with you. I know, man. Uh, you know, we've been knowing each other for a while. Of course, our families hang out. You're in, in New Orleans, um, and you live on the North Shore of New Orleans. You work in New Orleans. You've been there pretty much your whole life. Is that right? I uh, grew up, you know, around down here. Uh, was on the North Shore for a while and then moved out of state during high school and then been back down here, you know, since college. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's been great. Yeah. So we're about two hours apart, ge- uh, geographically and everything in between us and you, uh, had a horrible flood this past week, uh, as we talked about in the first segment. And, uh, but you were around in hurricane Katrina, you were in new Orleans. And so you remember, uh, what it was like. Yeah, it was it was rough. You know, I, I was at the time working for the archdiocese in New Orleans, and, and we had three feet of water in the you know in the in the building where I worked, and and I worked out of my car for eight months. Uh, I didn't have an office for eight months, and um, my personal home was was uh, you know minimally affected. I didn't I didn't flood, um, but a, a lot of our family you know did, and and so I certainly remember it, and our, our prayers are certainly going out to 
to all the people in Baton Rouge and Ponchatoula and the river parishes and all the, all the places where they've experienced. Uh, and I know there was people, you know, some people in, in Lafayette too that, that also flooded, right, Paul? Yeah, absolutely. There were a lot of neighborhoods that were underwater. And it was just, yeah, it's been crazy. We talked about, you know, one of the things during these times is the cleanup's a lot longer than you think. And so people tend to forget it's happening. And so, you know, just want to encourage people to continue to support and pray over the next six months, a year for all the work, and particularly people who lost their homes and don't have a place to live. Uh, so anyway, it was around that time, 2005. I can't remember. I don't keep time well. I kind of lose time that you and I met. Because you're so old. <laughs> no, thanks for reminding me, Casey. Sort of a theme <laughs> Casey has going on today of reminding me of my age, Brian. Uh, well, because our because my, our relationship is more important than it is, is to me than it is to you, I remember that that we met in May of 2006. So it wasn't um, it wasn't long after Katrina. It was not long after Katrina. Um, I now, had started writing actually a theology of the body program, and I was working real hard on it when we met. No, we met in November or December, but I never we never hung out really until right. like May, and uh, and so yeah, it's been it's been. Uh, uh, an awesome journey of life since then, uh, you know, as friends and, and uh, with different things going on in our ministries and, uh, and our family. So it's, it's been a good ride. Yeah, well, just to let listeners know, like you might have remembered the time, you know, the day we met or whatever, but I made the first move, Brian. <laughs> so let's just make that clear. Uh, I, have a, I have a history of things happening in the airport. We were in the airport. We didn't know each other. And That's I true. saw you and I don't, I, I had recognized you for maybe something that you did or ministry things or people who know you, who know me, who know you and know me and know us, but we didn't know each other. Yeah. And so right. I, I saw you at a distance and it was love at first sight. So I went over and uh, introduced myself randomly. It might've been like in the Atlanta airport on a layover. And I think you mm -hmm. actually were on your laptop typing a book, you know, writing right there. Uh, that might have been it might have been the case I, I don't see I don't remember that part so you're redeemed uh, in your in your retelling of the story um, but uh, but yeah it's, it's it's been really fun you know since then to be able to work together in different parts and uh, and to to enjoy um, you know commiserating over the challenges of, of, of life and, and supporting each other through you know being being husbands and fathers and so um, glad to be with you Paul yeah pretty much when our kids get together it's it's games games all day long. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and you're the you're the like the maker of a game. You're like this really creative game maker. You just make up games, and people do them. I don't know how you do that. I I do like to be creative, um, and if it's a game that nobody's ever played before, then everybody's on the same footing. You know, you're that there's something fun about the fact that nobody's ever played this game before in the history of the world, <laughs> right. and we're both getting to share in it. You know, yep. which we could do right now on the air. We could make up a game now and take this show a totally different direction if you want. We could, but we're not. So anyway, <laughs> okay, just just throwing it out there. Because ninety percent <laughs> of the games that you make up are absolute failures, and that one ten percent is like a really good game. And you're like, how did he come up with that? That was like super good. <laughs> So anyway, when we did meet, you were, were in the midst of writing your first version of Theology of the Body for Teens. And then just recently, um, you guys came out with a, with a new updated version of the Theology of the Body for Teens. And uh, just for, for people who are listening, uh, what is the Theology of the Body? So theology of the body is a, a term that maybe some people have have heard, um, and, and and probably a lot of people haven't. And it's 
it's a set of teachings. Um, it was actually the subtitle. Some people don't realize uh, it gets all the buzz, but it was actually the subtitle of uh, a, a massive work of St. John Paul II. Um, he started giving a set of addresses, addresses in 1979 uh, after he became Pope that went on for over five years. Um, he gave 129 short talks on the subject of, uh, of what it means to be man and woman uh, created in the image of God and called to, to love. Um, mm. So actually the title of the work now, if you look it up, is Man and Woman, He Created Them. Uh, and then the subtitle is A Theology of the Body. And, you know, who would have thought 40 years ago when he gave this, that that, that would not have been a, a revolutionary title, right? right man and absolutely. Woman, He Created Them. Yeah. And yet today, uh, today that's actually exactly what the world... Uh, a truth that the world needs to be able to hear, you know, uh, the truth of how God made us as male and female and called us to love. So that, that work has been pivotal um, in, in my life. When I first discovered it, uh, I was in graduate school, you know, uh, doing a grad degree, and, and, and it really impacted my own marriage, uh, my own life, and my understanding of being a man. And I really started to use some of the insights that I was getting in, in ministry with teens, uh, and one thing led to the next in the, the theology of the body our teens program was born, and, and now years later, we're, we're really excited to um, to have this new updated program uh, published by Ascension Press called You, um, Life, Love, and the Theology of the Body. Man, that's beautiful. You know, I think most people who have heard of Theology of the Body probably haven't heard of the original title, Man and Woman, He Created Them, which, like you said, is is even more relevant today than, than at any point in history from everything we're dealing with in the culture. I'm talking to Brian Butler, um, president and CEO of Dumb Ox Ministries. It's dumboxministries.com. Um, you can also check out the Theology of the Body for Teens on the Ascension uh, website. Um, Brian, you can give us those those later, but because I want to get into this conversation. Uh, so when the Theology of the Body, um, you know, the, the writings came out, uh, this is a big deal, and it's a big book, right? I like it's a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's 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 deep, you know, um, and, and it's intense. You know, the work is is roughly you know six seven hundred pages long or something like that. If you're if you're just reading it, uh, and uh, and John Paul II, as you know, his his teaching is is cyclical. You know, it's kind of spirals. You know, he says something once, and then he says it again three pages later, and you're like, wait, he just said that, but. But he's kind of taking it deeper. He corkscrews on things, mm-hmm. and so some people have found it really difficult to to walk through and to read. And, and certainly, I did when I first started getting into the teaching. But what it does is, uh, even though some on the surface some of the wording might be challenging, what it brings us to is a real clarity and depth about seeing and understanding the truth of the human person uh, and our call to love uh, in a way that I'd never seen before, you yeah, know, and, yeah. and a whole lot of people have had that experience, and that's why it really has, um, you know, uh, kick-started, you know, the faith even for a whole lot of people, because they start to see themselves and their relationship with God, their relationship with their spouse, or their, uh, you know, their, their siblings, friends, uh, in, in new ways, and, um, and it's certainly... Uh, something exciting to, to share with people. Yeah, this writing is a game changer, and it, of course, it's it's God's teaching on sexuality from from the beginning of history. You know, John Paul II really kind of brought it to the forefront. But one of the things I, I, I encourage people to do is is not pick up the six seven hundred page version and just try to read through it because you could really get lost in it. Um, but there are versions, or I guess you could say summaries of the theology of the body writings that that would 
be better to pick up, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, absolutely. Um, unless you're you're somebody who's really a trained theologian, I wouldn't start there. Uh, it's not because it's impossible, but right. uh, a lot of people will lose. You know, it, it's almost like when you when you tell somebody about the Bible, even you know, most people don't make it past you know um, Deuteronomy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, really. If you're gonna, if you're setting out to read the whole Bible, like it's just not really the you know, uh, Genesis is beautiful, and, and Exodus is exciting, and after that, you start it starts getting kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we do sometimes need a, a helpful kind of guide to tackle something big like that. And so there are some, some helpful sort of introductions. Um, a lot of people have heard of the, the work of Christopher West, who's done a great job distilling a lot of those uh, things. He's got some great books. Uh, Jason Everett uh, has, has done a great job. He's got one that's, that's a simple one um, called... Uh, the theology of his body, the mm. theology of her body, mm. uh, which is kind of taking a lot of those concepts and making it into an easy to understand, simple, you know, 100-page kind of book. Uh, so I do, I agree with you. It's a it's a good thing to get those or to or to get online, and there's lots of you know podcasts and talks and things like that to listen to too. Right, and then what you and Jason have done together in a collaborative effort has taken the theology of body and written a teenage version, and um, that's been a beautiful thing. We'll get more into that. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how theology of body influences, impacts our marriages, and how to talk to our kids about it. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. Uh, this is Paul George uh, in studio, Casey Trahan, producer. Uh, special guest on today, Mr. Brian Butler, Dumb Ox Ministries, dumboxministries.com. Um, Brian, we've been talking about the theology of the body. Of course, um, you spent a lot of your time and effort unpacking the theology of the body, writing about it. You've just come out with a new version of the theology of the body for teens. Which where can, where can people find that, access that resource? If they go online to ascensionpress.com and look up, uh, you know, the new all the, the programs there, that the new one is called You. Uh, it's Y O U, subtitle Life, Love, and the Theology of the Body. And actually, there's a, a, a lot of stuff you can look at there. There's a trailer, a beautiful, one of the most powerful sort of trailers I've ever seen for a program. That, that um, a three-minute kind of overview you can see. There's a sample lesson of the first uh, of the first chapter that you can read as a PDF. Uh, you can look at some other other resources there, and some uh, of all the different tools uh, to kind of go along with it. There's a parent guide, uh, there's a leader guide, the DVD series, the student guide. Uh, it's a it's a great great program that that brings in a whole lot of people's gifts. Um, it's co-authored with Jason and Christalina Everett, but we have a lot of other friends in ministry that are a part of it on the DVD series. Um, you know, Father Josh Johnson uh, out of Baton Rouge, uh, your friend Annie Hickman out in Texas and, and plenty of others uh, to kind of help bring things into a relevant space for teens to understand the beauty and the depth of this teaching. That's awesome. So it's at cinchimpress.com. Uh, look under the resources. You you can find it there. It is an awesome resource. Um, you guys did a great job on it. Uh, as you were noting earlier, Theology of Body you know, really came out um, at a point in time when our culture needed it, of course, today even more. But for me, and I think for you as well, um, Theology of Body came out uh, really, I discovered it after I was married, and the impact that it had and has had on my marriage has been amazing. I don't know if you've felt the same way. 
I did, you know, it was, uh, and, and I gotta say, I, you know, I had, I have great parents, you know, so I'm, I'm blessed with the fact that I had some good models and examples of marriage in my life. And that's not true that not everybody has that. And so, um, the level of the fact that I, even though I had that and I took this deeper understanding away, um, I know a lot of my friends who, who have not grown up in families that have had intact, you know, sort of, um, marriages and stuff like that, it's maybe even been more impactful for some of them um, to just get a chance to see the depth and the beauty of the teaching of, of man and woman called to love. And one of the things that's just inside of it that's, you know, instead of just talking around it, it's, is that, you know, you hear forever as a Catholic that you're created in the image and likeness of God. But what does that ever mean? Right. Uh, nobody, a lot of times people don't tell us what it means. Mm-hmm. And in Genesis chapter 1, you know, the first description of what it means to be created in the image and likeness of God is male and female. Um, but then we start talking about, well, what does that mean? Uh, and we start to see that, that the space of being man and woman is that we're created from a communion of persons. We're, if we're created in the image and likeness of God, God is not a solitude. He is a communion. Hmm. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and so when we see that, we start to recognize that man and woman make more sense in light of each other than they do alone, and they're made for this community, and and John Paul helps us to understand a, a different level of what Vatican II talked about, which is that our lives only make sense in and through a gift, hmm. when we make a sincere gift of ourselves, and why? Because that's actually what's happening inside of the Trinity. Right. And that's deep stuff, but like, actually, the Trinity exists as a communal, perfect, uh, perennial gift, giving and gift reception. And when man and woman start to live that way, things, things get really beautiful really quick. <laughs> yeah, I think that is one of the game changers of the theology of the body, is not only this information and theology of who we are as man and woman, but a teaching on how to express it, how to live it out. And I think there's there's no greater way that this expression comes out than within the sacrament of marriage. So how do you see the, the theology of the body really impacting or its ability to impact a marriage? Well, one of the key and classic sort of texts that John Paul II breaks open is not only Genesis, which is the beginning of the story on marriage, Mm -hmm. but he also moves through in the second half of the theology of the body, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, right? Mm -hmm. And and Ephesians chapter 5 is actually oftentimes an option to be read at marriage uh, ceremonies, and a lot of people skip it. (laughs) A lot of them don't do it because it's been very maligned, right? And And I was one of those people that used to not understand the truth of Ephesians five, and so right. it's you know, uh, Casey. I don't know if you if you uh, have read through Ephesians five, but like our wives, right? It, Ephesians five twenty two saying that like uh, wives should be submissive to their husbands and everything as to the Lord. If you went home and just spouted that off to your wife, how happy would she be? Not very simple well, answer. Yeah, and Casey grew grew up Protestant, and so you guys probably would have interpreted that that scripture in kind a whole different light. Literally, yeah. literally, yeah. Very much yeah, so. and, and I, at one point in my life, I did as well. And and John Paul helps us to see, you know, uh, number one, that's a verse out of context, and where I'm, you're skipping all kinds of other verses. Ephesians five twenty one, which says, "Be submissive to one another out of reverence for Christ." Mm. And Ephesians five twenty five that us men have to hear, which is, "Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and handed himself over for her." But eventually, what we start to see is not only are we called to die for our wives, but that 
um, this this idea of complete, total self-gift is the place of submission to God, where we submit ourselves to Him, and from there we have this greater reverence for the gift of the other person that we lay our lives down for. It's Christianity. This is not another gospel, right? right. Like, so we're, what we're doing is we're taking marriage from the place it was born, and we're re-dipping it through the through the the blood of redemption into the space of it being redeemed. You know that it's not about you know just having somebody else satisfy your desires or just be a person to help you through life, but actually that you learn to be able to be like Jesus and and die for the other person. You can become a saint in and through this sacrament. Right, and that's that's really what what sort of the the cream that rises to the top of the theology of the body for me is it it, it teaches you how how to love, how to love fully, how to love like Christ loved. And not only your brothers and sisters or your kids, but but really, importantly, the person that, that you enter into your vocation with, your, your spouse, if, if you're married, that that's an expression. And when you learn this self-sacrificial love with your spouse, it's a game-changer for your marriage. It, it, it changes your marriage for the good forever, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, and and to finish the thought where we were on Ephesians five, like John Paul II says, well, there is you know a, a submission that happens. Uh, five twenty two is is a real verse that, that it's important. But the submission of the wife should over and above all, he says, be the experience of being loved. Mm. Right? Well, what what married woman doesn't want to submit to a, a, a husband in the sense of allowing him to really love her deeply? Um, and when when we are able to do that, when men and women are able to submit to each other to that that sacrificial sort of love, then as you said, that you know it is a game changer because what do we now have? We have the freedom to be who we were always meant to be, uh, and we started you know to to live that way, and it brings it brings freedom, it yeah, brings absolutely. joy, uh, and it's no longer marriage isn't seen as a slavery where I'm just like chained to this other person that I was once excited about, but now I just kind of have to live with them. But we start to rediscover the beauty that God has written into our hearts and why he chose this person to be a person to, to draw us to heaven. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to switch gears here because it's a question that um, if, if, if people are, are parents, they, they want to know, how do you begin to sort of implement the teaching of the theology of body and sexuality within your own family. How do you talk to your kids about it? Because, you know, for me growing up, and probably for you, even with good parents, you wouldn't really talk about sex at all uh, or its full meaning. And so, you know, how do you, how do you integrate that with, with conversation with your kids today? Yeah, that's a great point. And it's interesting even just to note this, right? Like the first half of this, this segment that we've had on this show, we weren't, we weren't talking a, a lot about sex, right? right. But we're talking about theology of the body, but a lot of people actually think that the theology of the body is all about sex. Right. But I think a better understanding is it helps us to understand what sex is all about. Right. And, and it's a really big difference. And, and you're right for me. Yeah. We, the, and, and a lot of us didn't have uh, the open, honest, you know, flourishing sort of conversations with our parents about what the gift of sexuality was all about, because a lot of them didn't, you know, receive uh, a clear understanding from their parents. It's just been intergenerationally passed on, you know, that there's a certain level of kind of like the minimum, right? Right. And a lot of times this is a subject that we give the minimum to our kids on, or yeah. we receive that from our parents. Yeah, you say? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're right. Like, the conversation doesn't start with sex. The conversation starts with the theology of who we are as man and woman, 
and and then right. uh, and then it, it it moves into what is love what is real love what is true love what is authentic sacrifice so you're not even in the conversation about uh, sex or body parts or any of those things that parents get super nervous about talking to their kids right so if you begin to talk to your kids early on about who they are as as a child of God, as man and woman, their identity, what does it mean to fully love and express love and, and, and do those things. Then when it comes time to explain parts of the body and, and this idea of sexuality, the conversation uh, just builds from there. Yeah, it becomes a natural space to have conversations. And, and now it's not about the pressure-filled 15-minute talk, but it's really this continued unveiling of this beautiful reverential treatment of the gift of the body of who we are as men and women. That's, that's the first level of what John Paul teaches us about sex. Almost all the time when he uses the word sex, most of the time he's talking about it in the sense of male and female. Right. And so we have to start there with our own families and help them to understand that that's not a dirty thing. That's not a bad thing. It's the gift of our sexuality is the way God made us, and, and it's something for us to be grateful for. And we'll learn in stages more about what that means as far as the call for two to become one, you know, in marriage, and the gift of, of bodily um, love in and through marriage. Right, absolutely. You know, one of the things I really want to encourage parents to do is is pick up the theology of body, a version of it, Christopher West's version, Jason Everett's version, or even the theology of body for teen version, and read it. Uh, and and then begin to have the conversation with your kids at the starting point of the theology of who they are. And it's never too late. When you say it's never too late to start the conversation. Absolutely. And I think a lot of times when we feel like we are too late, then sometimes people are just like, well, I'll just kind of let them figure it out. You know? right. uh, and actually, we have another program we wrote that's Theology of the Body for Teens uh, Middle School Edition. Okay. And, uh, and so a lot, of, a lot of parents, you know, the time for them to be having some, some of the ramped up conversations are when their children are in sixth grade, you know, and uh, seventh grade, and, and they've got all these questions and they're going to go somewhere. And I really do want to know what what our what we want to teach them, but but they don't know how to sit, you know, still, and they don't know how to ask questions in maturity. So we have to kind of lead them, you know, down that that avenue. So that that program could be helpful for parents, and there's also a parent guide for that um, to to do some family applications and questions of how to navigate those waters. This is so good, man. We got to do this again and talk more about it. I think we can go all day long. Uh, for those of you listening, uh, you can find out the information on Ascension Press website, uh, ascensionpress.com, or uh, information on Brian, Ministries.com for more information. Uh, and Brian, look, hey, no offense, but those 10% of games that do make it, that you make up, are yeah. really good. Yeah. They're really good. <laughs> thanks thanks for that pat on the back, Paul. I appreciate that. Next <laughs> time we get together, I'm, I'm going to remember that. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Hey, thanks for taking the time. It's been great, bro. Love you, man. Hey, thanks for having me. God bless you. All right. Brian Butler, everybody. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. It's Paul George. Uh, that was a great interview. Brian Butler from Dumbox Ministries talking all things... Theology of the body, marriage, kids. Uh, we could have gone on all day. Casey, what what uh, what stuck out to you in that interview? Well, I'm sure Dumax Ministries is not indicative of its CEO at all. 
I found that to be an interesting name. I do know the story behind it, of course. Okay, so what's uh, the story behind Dumb Ox? People so, might be thinking. Well, so so Dumb Ox, which is what I was going to ask him, but we we sort of ran out of time. But yeah, so so Dumb Ox is what they called St. Thomas Aquinas, right? Who was really smart. Yeah, he, kind of a smart guy. Yeah. Um, and so I just uh, imagine that he he took that idea and just latched on to it. Yeah. So he took that name from St. Thomas Aquinas and and sort of that's sort of that the at the center of the ministry is mm-hmm. is the writings of St. Thomas Aquinas, yada yada, so Dumbox Ministries. Most people don't know what that means. So, Yeah, very cool. But uh, other than that, I mean, I, I took out of his you know, explanation of theology of the body, I was really impressed at, at how well he and Jason Everett and, and his compadres really understand yeah. St. John Paul the Great, who, who is one of the smartest people to ever walk through. Yeah, he's a great so. teacher and philosopher. And I, you know, they articulate them well. Yeah, it's the thing of, uh, you know, ninety percent of what you teach, you remember, mm-hmm. and so these guys teach it all the time. Now so you, let, let's, you the, did just make up that number. I didn't look it up. <laughs> look it up. So, a lot of what you teach. Is. So, so anyway, okay, could you just say a lot is a lot? Like, what is a lot? <laughs> a lot is so relative. Look it up, Casey. But, go ahead. But eighty percent. Of the numbers that people throw out are made up. So I just made up a number that sounded really good. <laughs> oh, we're going to look up that stat, by the way. We'll get it back to you. Next but, time. But anyway, so my point being that the, what you teach, you remember. And so these guys, it, it's really integrated into their whole being of, you know, what they do, what they teach, what they talk about. Brian is very well-versed. We really appreciate him coming on the show, talking about it. Now, one of the things I really want to encourage people to do, uh, if you haven't picked up the Theology Body, find a good version of the Theology Body or read it from Christopher West, Jason Everett, or Brian. You have kids, and you're trying to integrate this into the conversation that you have uh, with your with your young kid all the way to your preteen, to your teenager. This is a huge topic, and it's important uh, because teaching them who they are uh, and their identity as man and woman, who God created them to be, who, who they are in the image of Christ, uh, and then how to express that into the world and their day of living, how to express that, that, that true, authentic love in everyday relationships is so important because then when it comes to the conversation about sex, you know, or, or sexuality, the conversation becomes a lot easier because it's all in the context of who you are and who God created you to be. So it makes it, it makes it more than just this black and white issue, this yes or no issue, but more of the issue of beauty and what God created us to be. And so I really want to encourage people um, to begin to unpack this, not only in their homes and their marriages, but in their everyday life. It becomes much more substantial as well, because most of the time, by the time parents have the talk right. with their teen, they've been riding the school bus for years, and so like they know it's coming, and there's eye-rolling and sighing, and, and you kind of get caught up on the, the trivialness of the conversation rather than talking about substance. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for listening in today. By the way, I was right on that statistic, and we'll talk to you next week. This is Paul George. God bless.